and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osban. Here is my friend, Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our DAP today, Masachet Yivamot, DAP Kuf Zion, page 107. Well, we're starting with a new parak, a new Mishnah, um, and we're actually moving on to a completely different topic, which is the area of uh, Miyun. Uh, the idea here is, is that we would have cases, and again, remember, marriage had sort of economic implications to it, that if there was a minor girl, Katan, or Tana, I should say, whose father died, her mother and brothers, who maybe have difficulties supporting her, can marry her off. Now, don't think that, you know, Halakha believes in child marriage. It's not that that, that marriage doesn't have the same uh, status as the marriage with an adult. Um, what it basically would mean is that he would sort of, you know, support her, be responsible for her until she became an adult. And then that's when the marriage would take full effect. But let's say the, the, this, you know, minor girl decides at some point that she uh, actually does not want to be married to this man. She is allowed to uh, refuse him. And basically, it, it's sort of an annulment in a way. And I don't know if you would agree with that language, but basically annul that, that marriage. Um, and so we're presented with a Mishnah that has sort of a classic disagreement between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel of how exactly this would work. So Beit Shammai says only girls who have done that first part of the marriage ceremony. Remember, we talked about that there's two parts of the marriage ceremony. The first part being the ring, uh, the giving over of something that is uh, a value of Shabbat Pruta. We'll get into more of this uh, when we, uh, you know, learn Masachi Kedushin together. Um, and, uh, you know, the man says, this, that's Arusin. And then the second part, which is Nisuin, is the, you know, Sheva Brachot that we have. Um, and so if only that first part of the marriage is done, then, and sorry, and one other thing, and it used to be that those were separated by about a year or, you know, they, they were separated by a length of time. They weren't done the way that we do it today together. So if just that first part of the ceremony was done, Beit says, okay, you can, you know, the minor can refuse. Um, Beit Hillel says it doesn't make a difference. It can be either one of those. Uh, it can be either one of those. So in other words, uh, let's say, uh, uh, you know, so, so it could be either one. Then Beit Shammai Omrim, Baal Omrim, right? Um, and Beit Shammai says this concept of refusing, right, or rejecting the husband can be done to a husband or, but not to her yavam. In other words, when it comes to a yavam, let's say she says she was a minor, she doesn't want to marry the yavam, she would have to do chalitza. And Beit Hillel says, no, she can do it to a husband or to a yavam, which is actually very interesting. So Beit Shammai says that, no, it has to be done in front of the husband. Beit Hillel says it can be done in front of the husband or not. And you'll see on Ahmed Bet, there's a brysa that gets brought with an example of a case where maybe it wasn't done in front of somebody's face. Beit Shammai says this refusal has to take place under the, you know, under the guide of a Beitin. And Beit Hillel says, no, it doesn't have to be under, a, it can be with a Beitin or without a Beitin. Amur Laham Beit Hillel Beit Shammai. So remember, this is very common that we'll sort of have a discussion between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai in the Mishnah, right? So Beit Hillel says to Beit Shammai, she can refuse as long as she's still a minor. 
even for right, even for five times. In other words, let's say her relatives try to marry her off. She then wants to refuse that one. They marry her off to somebody else. She refuses that one. In other words, Beit Hillel says she's allowed to refuse as many times as she wants to. Amr Lehem Beit Shammai. So Beit Shammai says, Aim Beno Yisrael Hefker. He says, you know, the, the daughters of Israel should not be treated as Hefker. In other words, he's like, you could see like Beit Hillel in a way it protects her. And Beit Shammai says like, no, it's like, what a not nice way to treat her. Like you just keep marrying her off to man after man after man. Rather, she refuses once, and then she has to wait until she's, you know, till she reaches adulthood, and then she can refuse and marry. In other words, you cannot have a minor child who continually, you know, gets to refuse because it, it, it's treating her like she's hefker. So I understand both sides of the argument here, and they sort of leave it like that. Um, and then we, you know, I, I want to say I don't understand why her a bit her being able to refuse would be treating her like Hefker. I understand offering her around to the next to the next to the next. If that's not an issue of Yibum, I understand why that's a problem. But in the context of Yibum, no, I, I don't think he's saying the refusal is the Hefker. It's the handing her off is the Hefker. So yeah. at some okay. point, in order to protect her because we want her to be able to refuse. He's like, better just to not offer her off. That's what I think Beit Shammai is saying. Fair. Okay. Right. Whereas maybe Beit Hillel is saying for economic reasons, maybe she'll find a suitable partner and it will be okay. So the Gemara goes on. I'm a Rav Yehuda, I'm a Shmuel. So Rav Yehuda says in the name of Shmuel, my time is Beit Shammai. Lefisha ain't tenai bin assuming. Okay. So what's the reason of Beit Shammai for ruling that a married minor girl, you know, basically, uh, you know, can't, it can't do uh, re- refusal right after Nisuin. Lafisha ain't an Ivan Nisuin, right? Because we don't want to ever say that Nisuin, the, the second part of the marriage, is actually conditional. A Rusin can be conditional, right? Um, and that condition basically goes away once the marriage is consummated. But Nisuin, um, it, 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 it can't be conditional. Right, and if a if a married, if she had had nisuin done and she would refuse, then everybody would think that nisuin is a tanai. So it actually has nothing to do with the mima'in case. It has to do with sort of the perception of marriage in general society. But let's say, right, she went to the marriage canopy, right? In other words, she did nisuin. That's what the part that was traditionally really done under the chuppah, okay? Um, and didn't yet consummate the marriage. My Eklamema, right? What's there to say? Like, they didn't really fulfill everything that needs to happen with a marriage. Lefisha ain't tonight the chupa. So again, also, we can't have any conditions. Nothing can really be conditional. And I think this is a little bit the flip of what we saw with Chalitza. Like, once Chalitza is done, it's done. And so what Beit Shammai is also saying is, like, once Nisuin or chupa took place, it took place. We don't reverse on it. There's no opportunity to reverse anymore. Masara Nikamar says, what what is there to say if, what do we say if a father sort of um through Shlichut, through an agent, gave his daughter to be married, right? So that she was married, so, so she was sort of married before the ceremony actually took place. My The the rabbis didn't distinguish between these circumstances. No marriages are basically conditional. And so that's very 
interesting. And according to Beit Hillel, right, what's his reasoning, right? We know that the marriage of a minor girl is by rabbinic law. In other words, you, you only adults can get married. So this is already sort of a rabbinic enactment. And again, the understanding of this rabbinic enactment is it allows some economic protection to a girl who does not have a father who's there to support her. And the idea would be nobody would, Beit Hillel says, of course you can refuse because no one's going to confuse the Nisuin of the Torah with the Nisuin of a, of, that the rabbis put in place. Bechamai's reasoning is that a man would not sort of enter into a sexual act. In other words, if he, it, it, uh, just to, to do bilat zanut, like uh, how do you, how would you translate zanut well, and Promiscuity. Promiscuity. Purpose. I mean, yeah. that's how we've been translating it for all this time. Yes, yes, I think yes. that the implication here is that it's to no purpose other than the physicality of it. Right. So what we're saying here is that let's say he had a sexual relationship with the minor girl and then the marriage was later retroactively annulled by his by her refuser, then his sexual then that act was actually like an act of zanut. So the idea is we're not worried somebody's going to do that because somebody wouldn't want to do this. This says something very nice about human nature, uh, you know, which I don't know was always true. But I, I appreciate that, that, that you know, Rav and Rav Yosef want to say that people wouldn't want to do a B-Lot Sanut. So Gamara is going to continue to go on. But I think what we're seeing here is sort of fundamental differences between Beit Shama and Beit Hillel of what are their concerns in society, right? Once we have this concept of a minor girl being allowed the right of refusal, what are the implications for how marriage is viewed in society, how the sexual act is viewed in society. And that sort of informs what their halakha is around these areas. So I find that to be interesting. Like it's really sort of, it's not a technical discussion. It's it, to me, it's a little bit more of a meta discussion. I also just want to note, and I'm, you, you know, commented on this, but right. The part of the issue is that the distinction between a katana, a, uh, a minor girl and somebody who is considered halakhically an adult is this question of da'at. Does she have, I don't know how to translate this one, what, cognition, something, but it's, but like uh, with a level of responsibility that says, okay, she is old enough to make her own decisions. And I'll, the implication- I'll, I'll jump in here with this. I mean, like as a pediatrician, like this is a very common thing with adolescent medicine, right? In other words, at what point do you say a teenager, for example, has enough self-awareness that we allow them to be responsible for their decision-making. And so I think that's what the concept of DOT is. You can see in America, there are certain states where they take a very liberal view. And by age 13, we basically allow a lot of autonomy for children, New York State, right? Teenagers have a lot of autonomy for decision-making. And then we have other states uh, in the United States, they tend to be Southern states where there's very less autonomy. <laughs> Usually these are around, you know, Reproductive um, health, right? But but I'm but, just saying, but that's exactly what the concept of dad is, right? It's right. What, so what, what self awareness yeah, do we think adolescents have? When do we say that sort of that bond with a parental or an adult figure is allowed to be separated? So what I find particularly interesting, right, is that the 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 standard position, the baseline, is that somebody who does not have that level of personal 
decision-making ability, we generally say that's only upon adulthood. And that's why a child is not able to get married because she doesn't, she's not yet able to accept the marriage upon herself, right? So that's considered, you know, that's the difference between a minor and not a minor, and a, an adult. So what's very interesting to me here is how indeed the minor girl is able and, and, you know, even required if she wants to, right, to to do me and if she wants to refuse to to accept the marriage, let's say, then then that's on her. She's allowed to. So it's this tricky line between she's allowed to say no, and yet she can't quite say yes, uh, you know, for a regular status of marriage, which I think is interesting. Um, and I think it does work, frankly, to the protection of the girl, right? Meaning she's, al she's allowed to say no. That's a big deal, especially if you think about, like, you know, the cultures that are from the ancient world to even still in certain parts of the current world where girls are not allowed to say no, right? Okay, so I want to move to um, a bet where we have uh, an, a discussion here of where a girl, again, a minor girl, who refuses uh, the Yavam. Amarav So if a minor girl refuses the Yavam, um, and then she is also forbidden to the next Yavam, let's say he has a brother, right? Meaning by refusing the one, she's no, she's not eligible at this point to marry the second one, which we've just said, which is kind of the same point that we've already talked about. Um, and it's a, the Gemara says here, this is the same kind of case like a Yava, like Yavama who has gotten a divorce. Meaning if she gets a divorce from one Yavam, it doesn't mean that she is then you know, eligible to go do have Yibum with a different one of the Yavamim, right? Rather, that get that get from the Yavam counts to kind of nullify the requirement or the what we call before the Zikat Yibum. Balata get lav lav kevan de itra la lachad itra lahu lakulhu hachanami loshna. So the Gemara comments and says. Well, um, isn't it the case that the, the Yavama who has gotten a, a get, right, um, she's forbidden to one of them, namely the one who gave her the get. So therefore, she's forbidden to all of them. And so the Gemara says here also, it's no different. It's the same issue that she's refused one. That one is now prohibited to be married to her because she has refused him. And so, too, that the fact that he is now forbidden to her means that all of the others are as well. The fact is, we can, I think it's fairly easy to say, you know, it's not exactly the same case. And there's Shmuel giving us, you know, the other side of the coin in his dispute with Rav here. To say, if she says no to the one, that doesn't mean that she has um, prohibited all of them, right? And and to some extent, certainly if she were not a katana, if she were not a minor, we would think that that's fair, Right. That an adult woman can say no to one Yavam and be willing to marry the other Yavam. Um, you know, not every person, not every brother is the same, is necessarily the same in the eyes of Yavama. So what does he say? Lod well, Shmuel now. He says it's not comparable to the case of the get. Why? So what's the difference? In the case of a get. Um, he, the Yavam, does this act of giving the get to her. And so he, the in that act, he prohibits her from his brothers. But here, where she's the one doing the act, meaning she's doing the act of saying no, 
right? What does he say? The Amra, lo ra'ena bach, bach, meaning I do not desire you, I do not want you. Then, bach hu lo ra'ena, the implication is she's saying more specifically, I do not want you, but that doesn't mean he, she wouldn't want the next guy over, even his brother, right? It's a very specific rejection in this meun. She's not saying she doesn't want to get married. She's not saying she doesn't want Yibum. She's saying she doesn't want it with this particular individual. And therefore, the refusal of the one, according to Shmuel, doesn't mean the refusal of all. Rav afilu lo. Ravazi takes it further, and she says as follows. Even if she refuses this particular Yavam, she's allowed to change her mind with regard to this particular Yavam. Meaning, just because she said no now doesn't mean she can't say yes to this Yavam later. Lema Karibi severely. Maybe he holds, Gmar says, maybe Ravazi holds like the opinion of Rav Ushaya, who says... She says he, she can't refuse Yibum altogether. She's not refusing the bond, right? The bond doesn't disappear because she said no. And in that way, it's really not like a get, according to, meaning if we're thinking like Rav Lushaya, we can see that this is clearly not a get that in fact separates the two of them, you know, the the people who have the get between them. Um, they're separated, you know, for life. Um, in this case, it, it, that zikatibum doesn't go away, according to Ravushaya. Bachad yavam hachinami dematzia akara. So, um, akra, sorry. So the Gemara says, you know, in the case of one yavam, let's say he has no brothers. So she can say, no, I don't want you. She could, you know, negate the, the bond of yibum. So that's interesting, right? Meaning Ravushaya's comment saying that she cannot negate the bond of yibum is only in the event of there being more than one brother. The moment you have one brother, if she turns him down, she's turning him down. And that counts to say, okay, she's not going to do Yibum. Presumably there would be a requirement for Chalitza, but I'm not sure. I assume that would be, we talked about this in the previous chapter, in the context of, um, you know, when she grows up, she'll have to do it again. So the Gemara here says, Hacha amin askinan, you can't get rid of the zikat yibum, the requirement for yibum, by nullifying one yavam. Meaning the the zikat yibum is still there; it's still in existence because there's another yavam, right? So if she refuses one of them, she remains a yavama. And the question then is: Would she also refuse the second guy, or would she marry him? You know, maybe not now, but or down the road. Again, the question of of what we said, what your Dana, what you said before in terms of not making her hefker will will kick in. And so all of this, we've got these three different opinions, Rav Shmuel and then Rav Asi. And then Rav Asi's, you know, the story that follows him, this question of how stringent are we going to be, or how I would say even how powerful is her refusal? Does her refusal negate the Zikatibum? The requirement for Yibum, or does it not? Or or even with this same guy, perhaps it does not, that she could come back and change her mind. We close this section with a story. When Ravin came from Israel to Bavel, um, he said that Rav Yochanan said, He says, the Rav Yochanan said that a minor girl who refuses this one Yavam can indeed marry the brothers. 
but they didn't agree with him. Man lo hudulo. So the Gemara wants to know who didn't agree with him. Amar Abaye, Rav. Abaye says Rav didn't agree with him. Well, we know this because we saw Rav's opinion above where Rav said, you know, once she refuses the one, then she's also prohibited from marrying the others. Rav Amar Rav, Rabbi Ushaya. So the question then is really, who said this? Rav makes sense. But then Rav says it was Rabbi Ushaya who says that, um, who says that she's, he he says that the refusal doesn't negate the Levere bond. It's a little bit strange to say that she would not be, that they would not accept that she's permitted to the brothers. And then the last opinion here is that it's Rav Asi who did not agree with Rav coming in the name of Rabbi Yochanan because according to Rav Asi, she could even marry, meaning his view is more lenient. So he says she could even marry the brother who refused, not just the other brother. So Rav Asi here makes sense to me. Rav makes sense to me. It's unclear to me why the Gemara wants to say that Rav Oshaya would not accept the position that she could marry the other brothers. But okay, we'll table that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... It, it, Look, I think what we're seeing on the staff, at least for me, is there's a lot of protection for this minor girl. Like, they allow this idea of a minor girl to marry, you know, or to be given in marriage for economic reasons, but they want to be able to make sure that she can get out whenever she wants to get out. I, I don't know. I, I find this to be a, a pro-woman page. I don't know about you, Anne. <laughs> or at least pro-children, right? Meaning we're, yes, we're still talking about yeah. Katana. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that's fair. And, and I get how today reading this is very not a modern sensibility at all. But uh, but it's there. And I think we have to try to, we have to do our effort to understand how did this actually come about. Well, that's our top discussion for the day. Rank us reviews on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend e. Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this stuff on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 